now for the Faith FM Breakfast Show with your hosts, Lyle and Lawson. Welcome, everybody. You're listening on 87.6, or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the Double L team, Lyle and Lawson. Lawson, what are you thankful for this morning? Lyle, I have the Japan-Spain game up right in front of my eyes, and... In the last two seconds, I refrained from jumping because Japan just scored against Spain, leveling right. the score to 1-1. One, one. Right. If Japan wins this game, they'll make the knockout stages with Spain. So, right. l- listen, guys, I, I, I know... I, I'm, I'm failing to see the relevance. If you're talking about Australia, then... Okay, so Australia's made the knockout stages, which yes. is I- incredible. Um, but if Japan beats Spain, it'll be like it, even... It'll be like the biggest upset of all time ever in the whole world. So, Well, that's been the story of this World Cup. Really, it has been. It has been the story of the World Cup is that just knock, just um, upset after upset after upset. Mm-hmm. I just want to see Australia beat Argentina. I mean, that would be the <laughs> world's greatest upset. <laughs> if Australia beats anyone in the knockout stages, yeah. it'll be a great upset. I love it like because Australia got absolutely demolished by France. It's like, oh, yeah, there's a $1 billion difference in the team. And yes. it's not like an a billion dollar difference from like $5 billion to $6 billion. It's from like... It's from like fifty three million to one billion and fifty three million. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's a ridiculous. Like we're 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 just some little tackers just okay, getting so it done. We should, probably shouldn't get too sidetracked talking about sports here mm-hmm. on uh, Faith FM Radio. We are going to come back and talk about Jesus, absolutely, because that's what's important let, this morning. Yeah, let us be sidetracked for a second, but we're going to talk about Jesus. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. As Lawson sits over here, it's about losing his mind with uh, soccer. But anyway, we're going to stay away from the World Cup. <laughs> we're going to stay away from it. Yes. yes. We're, we're going to talk about God. That's right, because that's so much more exciting. Amen. I have a first question for the quiz here. And guys, these are your last opportunities to get in and win this Miracles and Pitfalls board game. You know when you can play this game? While the World Cup's on. But you probably won't be able to because by the time it gets to you, the World Cup. Might be over, but hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you know this answer to the question. Which woman is noted as wandered in the desert of Beersheba for a time with her son? 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you know the answer to that one. If you do, again, Miracles and Pitfalls, the board game, which we will be drawing at 8.45. It's your guys' last opportunities to get your name in the draw so that you can win this board game that you'll be able to play with us if you if we are ever in your area. We, we always give the promise, hey, if we're in your area, we'd love to come and play with you. If we're ever in your area, we'll let you know. But hey, Miracles and Pitfalls, the board game, and that question was... Which woman, which woman, sorry, is noted as wandered in the desert of Beersheba for a time with her son? Okay, if you know the answer, you know the number to call, 0491-064-669. Lawson, let's have some positively different news this morning. Okay, positively different news this morning. Actually, I have a bit of news of warning this morning. Please don't put your batteries in the bin. Okay. Please don't do that. Right. Uh, because if you do do that, then it's very likely that you'll cause a fire. Uh, if they're lithium batteries. If they're, which is like a lot of them. Yes. Which is like yeah, most of them. Right. Yeah. So 
But like all those little triple A's and those kind of things that you buy down at the Bunnings or whatever, those are not lithium. They're just old-fashioned lead-acid batteries. Yeah, that's right. But it's... But something that comes out of your computer or your phone or one of your electrical devices is most likely to be a lithium battery. Correct. Correct. So if you have any kind of lithium battery, please don't put it in the rubbish. Can you get money for recycling them? Uh... Potentially, I mean... Because you can get money for recycling lead-acid batteries. Yeah, they do have, like, the battery bins that you can put them in to correct... I make a couple hundred dollars a year every year. Really? Recycling lead-acid batteries. Well, mate, that's that's your hustle right there. Side hustle. You know, (laughs) that's it. I'm, I'm, you know... It's a great motivation to recycle lead-acid batteries when they are worth something. The reason I'm telling you this is because in the UK alone... 700 fires have started in the last two years in waste management facilities as a result of exploding lithium-ion batteries. Okay, so this is an interesting thought because, all right, why is it that they are so dangerous to throw in the wheelie bin when we work with them all the time? I've got how many sitting here? One, two, three, four, five sitting on the desk in front of me right now. Mm. Six sitting on the desk in front of me right now. Never seen one catch fire, but it seems that you always hear these stories. Oh, you can't travel on a plane with one of those in your suitcase. You can't do that Can't because lithium batteries. And you see all these pictures and hear these stories of them blowing up and catching fire. What's the deal here? Is it's it that they're so much more dangerous? It's specifically when they're crushed. Right. That's that's why you shouldn't throw them in the bin. Because it's not that it, they're going to like, you know, in your uh, bin... Like, you'll chuck some rubbish on top of it and it'll blow up. Okay, so if you're driving an electric car or a hybrid and you have an accident, you need to get out of that car. Is it, is it a higher danger than a petrol fire? Well, this is like... Because, I mean, petrol's pretty flammable. Petrol is e- in extremely flammable and so are crushed lithium-ion batteries. So it's about the same? And it's... So the point is, is like, don't crash your car. But then they build the cars with certain safety standards so that if they're crashed, just like, yeah, the position of the fuel tank in a car... And how it's insulated and whatnot. Yes. In a petrol car. If you've got LPG, mm-hmm. which is just basically a bomb. Yeah. You know, your tank is made out of three mil plate steel. That's right. That's right. So essentially everyone's doing their best to prevent these fires, but you can do even better by not throwing your batteries in the bin because it's also cost a hundred and fifty eight million pounds. This is a uh, a UK article. hundred and fifty eight million pounds in damages over the last couple of years. Due to exploding lead batteries. Lithium batteries. Li- sorry, lithium batteries. So, please, don't do that. Okay, all right. So, if I don't do that, what am I going to do with them? I mean, how do I dispose of well, them? Well, there's heaps of, like, disposal places that are specifically for disposing lithium batteries. There's certain bags that you can get that you wrap around and you put them in certain bins. Um, if you head down to your local Aldi, they've got the bins just sitting right there. Really? Yeah. Never heard of such a thing. There you go. So that is positively different news for me this morning. I now know what to do with my old lithium batteries. If you're still struggling to find a place to put the bat- batteries, I'm sure there's someone you can call in your local council and ask, where should I put these batteries? I don't want to blow up our waste management facility. And they'll say, thank you very much for considering us and uh, we'll we'll help you out. And they'll tell you what to so do. So what they need to do is the same as they have with lead acid batteries. They need to find a way of recycling these things so that they're actually worth money because when mm. they're worth money, people will turn them in for money every single time. Absolutely. I mean, look at how many people are down at the those bottle recycling. Oh, you know, just, just lined getting it up, done. getting money. That's the way to motivate people. I love to do that. the right thing. With I love recycling. that so much. They don't have to hire people to go and clean up 
yeah. the streets oh, because the people are thing ever. doing it for And them. it's great for homeless people because it gives them a form of income. They can mm. go around and raid people's bins at night and collect all of the bottles. Yeah, raid my bins. Bottles. Yeah, yeah. No. I don't have enough bottles to be worthwhile going down mm. and getting the 50 cents that I will get from recycling them. And so I just put them all into my recycling bin and let them recycle that way. Mm-hmm. But if there's a homeless person who I can help by, like, jump in my, you know, open my bin and grab the bottles, go for it. Absolutely. In other news, yes. uh, Lyle, yes. Switzerland listened to you. Good. They did. They heard what you said yes. and they said, so they yes, we're going to do that. Uh, what did I say to Switzerland? So you said, and you've been preaching in terms of, again, talking about energy and energy storage, you've been preaching the message of hydroelectric. It's the best. Electric, that the it's, cleanest it's, renewable energy on the planet. Well, Europe, which is currently under, you know, very much stress, a literal yes. electricity yes. crisis because of the yes. lack of Russian oil. They're stockpiling candles <laughs> in Germany. <laughs> That's Literally. Right. Uh, in Switzerland, they are turning two massive dam reservoirs into hydroelectric plants. Huge there you go. batteries that are going to power hundreds of thousands of homes across Europe. They've, yeah, taken their reservoirs and they're, they're getting them to... See, this is my thing. All of that water that you're drinking that comes out of a dam, say, for instance, you know, Warragamba Dam in Sydney, all of that water that you drink, why not let it pass through a turbine on its way to your tap so that it creates electricity as well as providing you with water? Double the the use from it. Absolutely. And essentially, again, hydroelectric is – you might be thinking, well, how does that even work? There's this thing. It's called kinetic energy. So when things spin and when things move around, it creates energy. And, yeah, that rushing water, that flowing water in these different dams and whatnot, they just pick up the energy of it flowing through. They connect a turbine to it, and bam, you've got power just from the moving of water. And for me, I'm like, why don't you just put these things everywhere? There's running rivers all over the place. It's, it's We have a plethora of moving water. And, uh, yeah, in Switzerland, they have listened. They said, yes, we're going to build these two massive turbines to power all of these places. Uh, the project is going to cost around $2 billion to complete, so they're really investing in this to be able to, to make this energy. But, uh, yeah, essentially, this is this is going to... They're saying doing doing this and another number of other projects like this, not only finding reservoirs in Switzerland, but reservoirs in all over the place because there's dams and reservoirs and rivers all over the place. This They, they have said this will solve the energy crisis that we're facing. That's so, absolutely awesome. Wow, they listened. They heard what you said. They, they listened to Faith here FM. on Faith yeah. FM. They heard it you, the and they said, "Absolutely, we will do exactly that." What Lyle said. Mm-hmm. I don't think they did, but I'm glad they're doing what they're doing. They're, yeah, that's right. That's very positive. <laughs> that's right. And finally, in energy news, uh, Rolls Royce and EasyJet they've rolled out a new plane engine, which is you know very definitely a pedigree there of plane engine rolling out, particularly from Rolls-Royce, who have yes. built some of the greatest and most influential and most innovative the plane engines. Rolls-Royce Merlin. Greatest, plane engine, engines. greatest engine ever built. That's right. Well, they've just rolled out their hydrogen-powered plane engine. Ah, oh, cool. So they've, they've got... They, they just It just seems like everyone's listening to us. 
Lithium batteries, scary. That's our first story. <laughs> Hydroelectric, good. That's our second story. And then finally, uh, hydrogen-powered hydrogen. engines, good. They've just listened to Faith FM and they've decided <laughs> we're going to do everything that they say. <laughs> so, guys, you have to know we have the best ideas here. And, Send us your and ideas. people are listening. And we'd love to, yeah, we'd love to know the your, world. your ideas because apparently people are listening. 0491 you're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And we are about to get into the second question for our quiz. You're with the Double L team, Lyle and Lawson. You are, and the second question for the quiz this morning: Why does Solomon caution us to not boast about tomorrow? Okay, this is multiple choice. Because God may return. That's A. B, because we don't know what we'll, tomorrow will bring. C, because today is good enough. Or D, because tomorrow holds sorrow. 0491 if you know the answer to that one. If you do, you'll go into the draw to win Miracles and Pitfalls, the Bible Adventure board game. We'll give it to you absolutely for free. You just have to win the draw. And to get in the draw, you just have to answer these questions. And this question was, why does Solomon caution us to not boast about tomorrow, A, because God may return, B, because we don't know what tomorrow will bring, C, because today is good enough, or D, because tomorrow holds sorrow. Okay, so we're going to start in the UK this morning. We're a charity. This is the Marie Marie Curie Charity, uh, Curry mm-hmm. Charity, um, named after the Polish physicist mm-hmm. uh, who did research into the effects of radioactivity. This particular charity, organ- charitable organisation, uh, provides care for people with terminal illness, mm. and one of their chaplains has just got smashed for wearing a cross. Wow. It's like he's a chaplain. Mm-hmm. He's a Christian chaplain, and he wears a cross, but he's not allowed to do that. And so he's in got himself in all kinds of hot water for wearing a cross. But people who aren't chaplains or even Christians wear crosses. Yeah, all the time. It's a popular form of jewellery. It's like really... But he wears a cross, uh, a cross pin on his shirt because he's obviously going around to people who are terminally ill. He is ministering to them in a spiritual complex context as a chaplain. Which is his job. Which is his job. That he gets paid for. That's right. He was hired for that job because... He is a minister, a Christian minister, uh-huh. and a Methodist minister who is in charge of typical Methodists these days. But anyway, John Wesley would just roll in his grave. Um, but a Methodist minister who's actually in charge of the chaplains has uh, come down hard on him and said, no, 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 you cannot identify yourself as being any religion. That is... Pretty awful. It's, it's kind of bizarre. What if they... Because, okay, so at a lot of these facilities, they have, like, mis, mixed faith chaplaincy departments. Yes. So if you're... This, has mis, this, this group has mixed faith chaplaincy. And so if you are, like, for example, I go to Newcastle Uni and the chaplaincy department there is a mixed faith chaplaincy yes. Yes. department. Which is absolutely appropriate. And you have, say, there's a Islamic woman there. Yes. She'd be wearing a, you know... A, a hijab, yeah, a, a hijab scarf. Uh-huh. If there's, and I've I've met the Jewish chaplain who's there. He's like got really? his cap on, and you know he's got the curls going. Does he wear a star? Uh, star of David. I think 
so possibly. But, but anyway, he's got possibly he's, he's, he's doing all the all the things. But and they have to wear that because according to their religion, that's what they have to do. Well, we don't have to wear a cross. Yeah. So he's saying you just shouldn't do it anyway. Well, this is the weird thing because, okay, so the Methodist minister instructed Derek Timms, a 73-year-old chaplain, to stop wearing his cross uh, pin badge on his shirt. Uh, he said this was in line with the ethos of hospice and healthcare chaplaincy that no religious symbols should be worn by those engaged in spiritual care. Mm. Well, Timms responded by arguing that wearing the cross shows that he is a Christian chaplain as opposed to a secular counsellor. A, a not Christian, yeah. Yeah, mm. um, or someone from a different faith. And he also pointed out that... The Sikh chaplains mm. all wear a turban. Mm. And the Muslim chaplains, when they go in, wear prayer dress. Mm. Uh, and he's like, well, if, you know, but we can't wear a cross. He's like, no, no, no. Um, he was told that he would need to go in for retraining and do a retraining course. Oh, I love that. And, retraining. Or he would face the consequences, obviously, to be fired. Mm. Um, Anyway, continues on. There was and is no need to suppress the symbol of the cross and in doing so send a message that the Christian faith needs to be neutralised or removed entirely from chaplaincy, frontline service. Um, this was what uh, Derek Tim said. Um, he further noted that the interfaith ideology is becoming so firmly embedded throughout Christian faith that it is essentially cancelling itself. Mm. So you can basically, you can be any religion except for Christian. Wow. This is the world in which we live right now. Mm. It's a bizarre kind of a world. And, hey, Christianity has brought a bad name on itself. Mm. We have to recognize that because Christianity has become incredibly corrupt in our mm. world today. And the Bible says that that's the case. The Bible says that Christianity would become Babylon before Jesus comes back. That's what we should expect. But it's pretty sad when a person can't express their... Now, I don't wear a cross. I've never worn a cross in my life. Mm. I've been in ministry for... 30 years and never worn a cross, uh, it's Just not my thing. Not a jewellery guy. No, no, it's not my thing, and I don't need to do that to be able to introduce myself as a Christian. Mm. But it's kind of weird when you hire somebody to be a Christian chaplain and then say you can't say anything about being a Christian. Mm. Anyway, uh, there's a bunch, been a bunch of cases. There's a Christian factory worker in Scotland who won over $26,000 in a religious discrimination wow. suit after he was fired. From for refusing to remove a cross necklace. And last January, there was a British employment tribunal ruled in favour of a Christian nurse who also lost her job for refusing to remove her cross necklace. You can wear whatever you want on your necklace. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you can't wear a necklace. There's not a, a work health safety thing where it says you can't wear a necklace because it might get caught in machinery. Mm. No, this is you can't wear... That particular symbol. You can wear any other symbol you want except for that one. Yeah. Well, I'll guarantee that if you walked in there wearing a Buddhist symbol or a symbol of, say, or, you know, a Native American religion. Or a pentagram or, yeah, they're, they're totally you okay. You are yeah. not going to get kicked out for that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I think you guys probably spoke a fair bit about Twitter while I was away. but We did. Yeah. We I did. just want to point out that um, the, you know, during during the... Well, during COVID, there was 11.72 million accounts that were suspended. Mm. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, uh, reported, and over 100,000 that were suspended just on COVID issues alone. Mm. Um, the content moderator, who was a trans woman activist, mm. has been fired along with two-thirds of the other staff, mm -hmm. and a general amnesty has been 
uh, put forward mm-hmm. after a Twitter poll which showed that more than 72.4% of Twitter users supported the move. Yeah. It's been labelled as the greatest threat to free speech. Mm. Dude, it's Elon Musk is like this king who then leaves everything up to a poll. It's interesting. <laughs> he makes all the decisions, but then when he like wants to, because it's all about brand, whatever he does, people is going to hate it. Like what, whatever movie makes is going to hurt people. So he's like, okay, I'll just let the people decide. And then he just, so he just makes, and it's the best part about this is that the vote is a literal Twitter poll as well. He's like, we're going to decide what to do with my big multi-billion dollar company that I owe lots of money on that can potentially sink the rest of my investments. Yeah, I'm right. going to let the, the users the make the one. decisions, my business decisions based on a Twitter poll. It's like the greatest, it's like, it's like a comedy. <laughs> it's like the greatest thing that's ever happened. And it's very comedic. Well, what I find is that Extending free speech to people, I find it just funny that the extending free speech to people mm. is labelled as being the greatest threat against free speech that the, our world has seen. Yeah, that's so funny. It's like we're letting you, you speak freely, so that's a threat to free speech. <laughs> what a world in which we live. Mm. Uh, so much things that are happening in our world right now. And, of course, free speech is something that is incredibly important for people of faith and particularly mm. for Christians because you cannot have free you cannot have religious liberty without having free speech those yeah, two absolutely. things go hand in hand and so when we stand up in behalf of free speech we're not just standing up in behalf of free speech so that people can express their political views and so forth but we are standing up in defense of religious liberty because if we lose our free speech to speak about, say, for instance, political issues or something like that, then we also lose our ability to speak about issues uh, of religious nature, Mm. you know, because there are times here on Faith FM where we are going to call out, you know, one religion or another religion or sometimes even our own religion Mm. for wrong things that they are either doing or have done or, you know, Mm. we talk about bad history that they have in the past and so forth. You know, millions of people killed by Christianity during the Dark Ages and Mm. so forth and, and religious persecution in various countries today. We need to be able to stand up and to call out religious corruption where, when and where we see it. And without free speech, of course, that is an impossibility. And we live in a world where free speech is being curtailed more and more than it has ever been before. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You're listening to the Double L Team, Lyle and Lawson. We're about to go to interview of the day with Dr. Sven Erstring. But before we do, we have another question for our quiz. A gentlewoman asked Jesus to cast a devil out of what member of her family? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. Again, as we were saying, this is your last opportunities to get in for the Miracles and Pitfalls board game. We'll give it to you absolutely for free. All you have to do is give us a call on that number, 0491-064-669. Call or text us with the answer to this question. A gentlewoman asked Jesus to cast a devil out of what member of her family? All right. If you know the answer, give us a call. We would love to hear from you, and that will get you in the draw. Okay, so joining us on the phone this morning is Dr. Sven Erstring. Uh, he talks to us about apologetics, about reasons for believing. Dr. Sven Erstring, welcome for, welcome to the show. It's good to be back with you, Lyle and Lawson. Yes, indeed, and I've been off for, away on some uh, leave, so it's been a long time since we have spoken. What is our subject today? What are we going to be talking about today? 
Okay, so what we're going to be talking about today is is this, is what about the people who have never heard uh, about the good news about Jesus? Uh, what if they what if they have just simply not had the opportunity uh, because of their their family situation or where they live or, or maybe maybe the time in which they they lived as well? So perhaps they uh, they they lived before Jesus even uh, was born. Uh, what about them? Do, do they have uh, the same fantastic opportunity uh, that we do? Uh, um, you know, people who've heard the gospel. And uh, do you know what, what's their future? Uh, that's our topic for today. Fantastic! This is one of those objections that I often get raised by people who are unfamiliar with the Bible, and also by Christians as well, where they kind of ask the question. And, and I'm summarizing. You know, I, I guess you know is is salvation geographical chance? So yes. is it is it just that you happened you were lucky enough to be born? in the right location geographically and the right time period through history to be able to hear about Jesus Christ. Because, I mean, let's face it, there's no evidence that the indigenous population of Australia 2,000 years ago when Jesus was here on earth ever heard about Jesus Christ. And so are they, you know, and this is what people ask me, they say, is God going to burn those people eternally in hellfire or even destroy them in hellfire simply because they never had a chance? Hmm. And, and the problem with this is, um, Lyle, that it seems terribly unfair. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, you had that, that amazing, uh, you know, uh, statement that Jesus made uh, to, to one of the uh, politicians at the time, for God to love the world, uh, that he gave his, his only son, that whoever believes in him um, should not perish but have eternal life. And, and so on one hand, you have these very clear statements that, you know, that the God loves the world. Um, but then you think about, well, you know, he did this very specific thing, which was to send Jesus. Uh, and, you know, if you, did, if you hadn't had a chance to actually hear about Jesus, you'd have to say, well, you know, what, what is that love really like? You know, how can God really love the world if, if it's so specific with regards to the kind of time and, and also geography as, as well, and, and your family situation as well, you know? Um, some families that I, I know of, they, you know, they'll actually try and kind of, you know, maybe hide their kids or shield their kids. Um, say if they're from another, um, religious worldview, say Islam or Hinduism or things like that, um, that they may, may try and hold their, their kids away from hearing the gospel and you, and you wonder, okay, well, what, what is going to happen to those kids? What's going to happen to that family as well? Yeah, absolutely. This is, a, this is um, okay. So, what are the what are the answers that we can explore here? Mm. So, first of all, in Romans, it says, "If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved." And that that is obviously biblically true. Uh, so, so if you stand up and say, "Yes, I believe um, in Jesus." Um, that he is Lord, and I know that God raised him from the dead, and I wholeheartedly believe that, then then you'll be saved. If you put your whole life on the line, shall I say, uh, for that, that belief, uh, you will be saved. And, and also, in, in the book of Romans, uh, it goes on to say, how then will they call on him 
in whom they have not believed, and how can how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard, and how are they to believe without someone preaching, and how are they to preach unless um, they're sent? And he goes on to say, you know, faith comes from hearing, and hearing from from the word of God. And so this kind of puts us up in a a bit of a you know a challenging position, or, or you know, people listening this morning may be challenged by that. They might say, but as we said before, you know, what about the people who've never actually yeah. never actually heard? So I guess one of the things to say is this, is that first of all, um, it says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And, and sometimes we, we flip it around and then we say, you know, if you never actually say those words, then you will be not, you will not be saved. But that is not actually what the Bible says. So, so the Bible says that you will be saved if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. But it doesn't say the the alternative. Doesn't say the opposite. Um, exactly, exactly. And 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 this is where the the Christian story, the Christian narrative, is is incredible. And that is this, is that we are not being saved just by uh, Jesus, the, the man, uh, the, the uh, divine man, I should say, who, who lived 2,000 years ago. It is actually a, um, shall I say a team? It's, it's a um, three persons, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, who are all working together united for our salvation. And that's where the incredible thing comes in because we not only have Jesus dying on the cross for us, but we also have the powerful presence and person of the Holy Spirit at work in this world as, as well. And that, that is an incredible reality that we need to factor in when we're talking about salvation and how the gospel is being spread around the world. Yes, yes. So, so what, what the Bible says, if you go back earlier in Romans, it, it says that it's not the hearers of the law who are righteous before, before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. And it goes on, for when Gentiles, and those are people who, who haven't heard about Jesus or, or who are not necessarily you know, part of God's people at the moment, who do not have the law, by nature do what the law requires, they are law to themselves. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts while their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them on that day. When according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. So this is the thing, um, Lyle. So the person of Jesus, when he was born, he came to a very specific time and location. So he was born in Bethlehem. He grew up in Nazareth and he did his public ministry in the lands of Judea, um, the city of Jerusalem, and the, the lands of Israel. But, um, well, uh, let me just continue there. And that was for a very uh, specific reason, because he became uh, one of us. He, he, as the Bible said, God with us. He, he became human so that he could save us. But there's a there's another person in the Trinity, and that's another whole topic we could talk about another time as well. But the the Holy Spirit uh, is um, he is present everywhere, and that means that he is present in China. He was present in Australia two thousand years ago. 
uh, the Holy Spirit is present everywhere, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to every single person's heart and life. And, and that is where it gets very exciting, love. Mm-hmm. Because what this means is that the Spirit of Jesus, and let me just be, make that very clear, the Spirit of Jesus is actually speaking to every single person um, who, who is alive now and who has ever existed on this, this planet. And the, the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is speaking to our hearts. And so when it says, you know, that we need somebody to, to preach to us, to share the good news with us, the Holy Spirit is, is speaking to our minds and saying, I want to introduce you to Jesus. Now, you may not know who this person is, but I'm going to introduce who he is like. And, and I want to give you the opportunity to either choose to put a faith response in Jesus, or I'm still going to give you the choice. If you don't want to accept Jesus, you can choose to, to reject Jesus. The choice is yours. And that is, that is really amazing. And this is the key to understanding how God can love the world and give every single person a chance uh, to hear the gospel. So there's two things that sort of come to mind, uh, just sort of considering that. And the first one is, and I'll get you to comment maybe on both of these, but the first one is that this relates very much to a subject that we've talked about in the past, which is the origin of morality. Uh, we've observed mm. in the past that there is no uh, evolutionary explanation for morality amongst human mm. beings. But if Jesus is speaking to every human being, then and that explains why morality exists. Yes. Uh, the second question that comes to my mind, though, is, and maybe just comment on both of these very quickly, the second question that comes to my mind is, if Jesus is speaking to everyone, why do we need to talk to anyone about Jesus? Yes, yes, and we're going to come to that that um, very, very um, shortly as well. So, yes, that's exactly right, because uh, Romans talks about us having a conscience, and and that is like a, a moral compass is a good way to describe it, or or probably more accurately, the, the voice of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the moral voice of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and so you could be, you know, downtown in Sydney or, or Melbourne or Newcastle or Brisbane or, or Perth or Adelaide, wherever you may be. And, and uh, you know, you may be with a group of friends and, and they're just about to do something which is, you know, maybe slightly wrong, slightly bad, or maybe very, very wrong. And, and you have this sense deep inside that there's, there's literally, it's like a voice speaking to you. And the voice says to you, you shouldn't do this. This is not right. And every single person has felt that, that, that the voice of the conscience, the voice of the Holy Spirit. And, and when the person responds and uh, stops and says, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to, uh, give in either to my, you know, internal kind of desires or, or uh, you know, temptations, or I'm not going to follow um, the group of people that I'm with. I'm not going to give into the peer pressure. I'm going to, to walk away from, I'm going to say something, or I'm going to, to, to stop and, and, and not do it. That, that is the voice of the Holy Spirit. And the, the, the voice of the Spirit is saying to you, I want you to come and follow me. I want you to follow Jesus in the situation. You may not know uh, that it's me speaking to you in terms of this is Holy Spirit speaking, but the Holy Spirit wants to say to you, I, I, I want to guide your life. I want to lead you in paths of righteousness. 
Um, and, and when you respond to the Holy Spirit, that is a faith response where, where God says, yes, you, you, you are accepting my guidance. You're accepting the, um, uh, the direction I've given you. And, and also you can deep down inside, and this may be a very, very deep, uh, experience where, where you're actually responding to Jesus, not only to the morality, which is very important, but also to the offer of a relationship with Jesus and the salvation that he offers. And that is the most important thing. It starts with a relationship. And then what we do follows from that trust that we have in Jesus. Now, yes, coming to the, yeah. yes exactly. Now, the, the second question is, is very, very important as well. Um, so if, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to, to every person in this world, speaking to their heart, speaking to their mind, then the next question is why, why do we need to, to get involved? Why can't we just sit back and relax and say, hey, you know, it's God's business, uh, let's not worry about it. Well, this is a very, very important um, thing. Uh, in John, it says, um, Jesus speaking, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So the spirit wants to lead you into truth. And, and that is so important. Um, there's a whole lot of falsehood in this world. And, and um, Revelation talks about a, a beastly power called Babylon that is actually spearheading the way in terms of, of teaching falsehoods, whereas the Spirit speaks truth. Now, the, the question we need to ask is this, is does it matter whether you believe what is true or you simply accept what is false? That, that is a very important question. And in, in a book called The Desire of Ages, uh, on page 671, there's a, there's a very powerful statement, and that, that is this. There is comfort and peace in truth, but no real peace or comfort can be found in falsehood. It is through false theories and traditions that Satan gains his power over the mind. By directing people to false standards, false truths, he, he misshapes, misforms the character through the scriptures, the Holy Spirit speaks to the mind and presses truth upon the heart. So what this is saying is it is very important. So, so you might have grown up as a, a Hindu or a Muslim or Catholic um, or atheist, and, and God can still speak to you. But the thing is this, is that you uh, need to, to understand truth, and the Holy Spirit wants to teach you um, the truth. Now, this comes back to us. The Holy Spirit wants to invite us to team up together with him, to partner with him, to be able to share the, the biblical truths. And this is, this is where it becomes so, so important because we can say, well, it doesn't matter if somebody is a Muslim or Buddhist and, and um, whatever religious uh, you know, faith or, or tradition that they're part of, but, but to leave them in that situation, um, is basically uh, saying to them, I'm just going to leave you in, in, a, um, in a system of falsehood. And what, what we see in the Bible and also Desire of Ages is that that is where Satan wants to hold them. Mm. Satan, Satan wants to hold them in that misunderstanding, that, that um, 
those false ideas. And what those false, let me just give you a really clear kind of picture. Those false ideas are like a false glass ceiling that, you know, just imagine above your head there's a glass ceiling and it, <clears throat> it also is a distorting <clears throat> piece of glass. So, so when you look up, you, you, you can't actually really see that the glass ceiling is there, but it's distorting your picture. And in this case, it's distorting your picture of God. And so because that glass ceiling is there, you know, as you try and grow spiritually, you'll hit that glass ceiling, you won't know it's there, and it will limit your growth. Limit your growth, what yeah. God, Exactly. And what the Holy Spirit wants to do with um, God's people, with, with people who understand Jesus, he wants to shatter those glass ceilings, those false theories that we can't really see, and it's distorting our picture of him. And he wants to allow us to grow spiritually. Mm. And this is why, first of all, it's so important that, that anyone who's heard the truth knows the Bible, we need to share this because it's it's for their benefit. It's also for our benefit that we can grow spiritually, but in particular thinking of them, it's for their benefit they can grow and they, they can see a clearer picture of God. Absolutely, um, absolutely. I, I, I hate to finish up there, but we're completely out of time here, uh, <laughs> Dr. Sven, but I think you've really made a, a powerful point about the need and the and, and the benefits of spreading the word of God. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.